What is going on, guys? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Hope you guys are having a good week and staying safe and doing what you guys need to do to take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Uh, but we're counting it down, guys. We're down to just eight days until the start of the NFL draft. It's crazy to think that it is right around the corner and it's going to be here and gone like that. But we're going to keep rolling through our kind of quick positional previews uh, in the draft. We're going to look at wide receivers today. We, of course, looked at quarterbacks on Monday, uh, running backs on Tuesday. We'll do uh, tight ends tomorrow and offensive line on Friday. And then we'll wrap it up uh, over three days next week we'll look at d line you know mix you know between d tackles and the ends linebackers inside outside all that stuff and then uh, defensive backs on Wednesday and that should lead us right up into Thursday and we'll have a, a final final talk of the of the draft I'll put out one final prediction who I think the pick's gonna be I'm gonna, I want to try to one of my plans is actually to do a full seven round mock myself. Uh, not not just on the Panthers, but literally all se- uh, all 255 picks. Yes, I am that nuts, and I am uh, wanting to put that much pain on myself. But I, I want to give it a shot. I've never done a full mock, um, and I've you know there's a lot of great re- resources out there now to help with scouting reports. I'll tell you what, uh, the Draft Network, uh, the team guides that they've been putting out. I checked them out yesterday. Oh my goodness, are they fantastic. I mean, there is just so much info for every team. Well, almost every team. The, the last few teams, I think, are set to come out on Friday. But the info that you get, and of course, you you have to be a premium member to get these draft guide, these team draft guides, but they really dive in. They tell you, uh, you know, they give you quotes from the general managers. They give you uh, draft history, at least over the last few years. And uh, different different notes about the draft uh, the draft picks, you know whether they went to the Senior Bowl or not, red flags, uh, height, weight, all that all that stuff. So many so many nuggets, and then they break down uh, each team's roster by position and lets you know what they think of the player and essentially where they need upgrades and uh, some draft targets. It, it's fantastic, and I plan on using that as one of my resources to help make uh make make all these picks so i'm excited to dive in so uh, i mean if you're if you're not a premium member of tdn uh i i suggest you strongly consider it at least because uh, i mean the work that all the guys over there do and gals too listen I, it's because it's not just a male dominated field over there i mean you've got Paige over there doing a great job and Paige is a good friend of mine. It was, you know, it's always great to see her. Everybody over there is just doing a, a fantastic job. So go check them out, and uh, like I said, at least strongly consider the the premium memberships. Thirty dollars a year or ten dollars a month. Obviously, the thirty dollars a year is a is a much better deal. It's a seventy five percent savings. Uh, but with that, like I said, I want to talk about wide receivers today. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about today. Uh, is Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft, particularly the uh, the first round, because again, um, it's uh, it, it's a pick that's been consistent with Mel Kuyper, and and we know Mel Kuyper is a uh, is pretty buzzed in, so he usually has a general good idea of of what can happen with the draft. He, he's obviously pretty plugged in. I mean, look, he's the godfather of draft media. All of us 
that are able to talk about the draft here in one way or another owe a debt of gratitude to him. Without Mel Kuyper, I really wouldn't be able to sit here and and talk about the draft as well as I could or you know have this kind of platform. So Mel's, Mel's the guy. He dropped his latest mock draft yesterday, and like I said, it, it's a pick that's been kind of consistent with him uh, in, in relation to the Panthers, uh, and that's Derek Brown. Uh, the number seven, Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Uh, there, there have been a no- number of mock drafts that we've talked about from Mel Kiper, and of course, you know, all across uh, the media landscape, but particularly Mel Kiper. Derek Brown has been pegged the guy a couple of times by him for the Panthers, and we've obviously touched on Derek Brown. I don't really need to get too much more into detail. I think we've touched just about every reason why Derek Brown makes sense. You know, the the Panthers need the youth obviously up front. They need replacements up front because just about everybody's gone from last season at that position. Gerald McCoy's in Dallas now. Mario Addison and Vernon Butler are in Buffalo. Uh, they they lost a lot of players, obviously, and we knew it was going to happen. So they need that talent up front. They need, you know, just the just to replenish that position. And Derek Brown certainly makes a lot of sense. Listen, I still really like Javon Kinlaw. I think it would make sense if the Panthers trade down and try to get him. But if they stay at seven, Derek Brown obviously makes a lot of sense. Now. Uh, keep in mind in this particular mock, uh, Derek Brown was prob- was arguably the best player available for the Panthers because Jeff Okuda was not on the board and Isaiah Simmons was not on the board. Mel has uh, Okuda going to the Lions at number three, and then he had the he had Isaiah Simmons going the pick after at number four to the Giants. In fact, three of his first six picks were all quarterbacks, so it helped some of that talent. And at this point, this is kind of what we expect. We know the quarterbacks are probably going to go high. He has Burrow to the Bengals at number one, uh, Justin Herbert to the, the Dolphins at number five, and Tua to the Chargers at number six. And then, of course, the other pick that we could pretty much etch in stone uh, is Chase Young to the Redskins at number two. So... That's kind of how the board's set up for the Panthers. Uh, so, so, like I said, Derek Brown, arguably in this position, you know, especially if we're doing a mock without trades, uh, Derek Brown was probably the best player. Like I said, I've I've said, and I think everybody, I, I think a lot of Panthers fans are pretty much in agreement that the the three best players at this point for the Panthers at number seven are, and possibly in this order, Jeff Okuda, Isaiah Simmons. Derek Brown, and again, it's pretty likely that uh, two of those guys will be off the board by the time the Panthers are on the pick. I mean, I think it's almost a certainty that one of those players is going to be taken by the Lions at number three, or say uh, five or six if they trade with the Chargers or the Dolphins. Either way, I think one of those, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that one of those players most likely Okuda uh, is going to be selected by the Lions. And then um, Isaiah Simmons, obviously, a lot of speculation where he could go. Uh, the Giants, very possible. I mean, even the Lions are possible at number three if they choose him over Okuda. But then the Giants can take him. But most people are starting to believe that the Giants are going to take an offensive tackle 
at number four. And then again, the chart, the Dolphins, we expect they're going to take a quarterback. And then the Chargers are going to, uh, you know, they could go with a quarterback. Maybe they go another position. If Isaiah Simmons is there, maybe they go with him. So in this particular mock from Mel, uh, Derek Brown was the uh, the best player available. And, and then just to round out the top ten, um, Trist, he had the he had the char, uh, Cardinals, excuse me, taking Tristan Wirfs at number eight, uh, Jerry Judy to the Jaguars at number nine, and then Mackay Becton to the Browns at number ten. So that's at least the top of the uh, the mock draft of Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft. And again, it feels like we're we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but you know, in, in today it, with the way the world is right now, it is kind of tough too. But um. You know, it's just uh, it's just always nice to look at uh, the different perspectives and just kind of start to really zero in on who the uh, who the possible target is going to be. Listen, I I'm with you guys. I can't wait for next Thursday to be here. I can't wait to actually have a player to talk about and say, hey, with the seventh pick, the Carolina or whatever pick the Carolina Panthers took, and then actually discuss who the player is and. Um, what's actually going to happen. So I can't wait for these eight days to pass through. Um, in fact, speaking of which, I do actually now have plans for the draft, which I'm pretty excited about. I got invited to be on the uh, David Cromelo and his podcast, Sports Crunch. He's doing a live stream during the draft. I will actually be joining David for the first two days of the draft. So I'm excited. So obviously I'll touch on the Panthers pick, but we're going to talk about uh, pretty much all the picks as as best we can. So I'm excited to uh, get to dive in into the draft a little bit with him and uh, you know share my thoughts as the draft goes on. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll definitely have more details as we get closer to the start of the draft. But uh, David Cromelo and his podcast, uh, Sports Crunch, his live stream, I will be there. Uh, Thursday and Friday of the draft. So speaking of the draft, like I said, let's continue on with our quick little positional previews. And we're going to run through uh, some of the wide receivers here today. And look, there was obviously the the, the rumors or the, the rumblings flying around uh, about a week or so ago that uh, we shouldn't be surprised if the Panthers take a wide receiver with the seventh overall pick. Like I said, I would be surprised if it happens, number one, because of the depth of the position. You know, I get there's obviously the star power at the top, but there's a lot of depth at this position I think the Panthers can wait. And two, obviously the the defensive needs, I think, are more pressing, especially in the first round, than wide receiver. I mean, you t- it was just two years ago you took a wide receiver uh, in the first round. Now, again, it's obviously a, a different coaching staff. You know, Marty Herney is still there. But it's a different coaching staff, and um, I think it's safe to say that Matt Rule seems to have a little bit, little bit more say now, uh, and, and you know, different ownership too, because David Tepper really wasn't there when uh, when DJ Moore was selected, if, if I remember correctly. I might have my years mixed up; everything's f- you know flying together. But um, you know, it's a different regime, obviously. So you never know; they could go wide receiver, but uh, again, they. Took one in the first round a couple years ago, and you still have a he's still a, a good player, in the, a really good player in the making in DJ Moore, and then you just signed Robbie Anderson for ten million dollars a year. It was only for two years, but uh, ten million dollars a year, you know, and that's with twelve million dollars up front. So, 
I don't think they're going to go wide receiver in the first round, but obviously if they consider for first round wide receiver, we obviously know the guys that are going to be in play there. It's CeeDee Lamb, it's Jerry Judy, it's Henry Ruggs. I mean, you, at this point, you can't go wrong with any of them. Um, my gut says that uh, CeeDee Lamb is probably going to be the first one drafted. You know, it, it could be Jerry Judy, but... Um, I just have the slight feeling that C.D. Lamb is going to be the first one gone. Again, you, you can't go wrong with either. I guess it just depends on uh, what team is on the clock and what their preference is. But both those guys are going to be studs. Henry Ruggs is obviously, we, we know the speed. We, we all saw his 40-yard dash at the combine, the 4-2-7. And I, I think I told the story on here before. Of when I was at the con, you know, when it happened, I was inside Lucas Oil Stadium with a bunch of other media members, and we were all watching, and we all tried to time it ourselves. And you know, it turns out our fingers were a little bit quicker to stop the clock because the three of us are all sitting there exchanging times, and we were all around like a four one five four one seven, and then we realized. You know, we were pretty quick because then it was a 4-2-7 officially. But still, obviously blazing speed for Henry Ruggs. He's going to bring a lot of juice to whatever whatever team he plays for. I get people are start to, start to knock him a bit, excuse me, for, you know, having other star power around him. And that's what helped make him so good. You know, you're playing in an offense that uh, also had, obviously, Jerry Judy and is going to have uh, two more really great receivers, including Devontae Smith, who is probably going to go in the first round himself next year. So a lot of star power, but I mean, that's not Henry Ruggs' fault. He still has to make plays, and that's exactly what he did when he was at Alabama. So those are obviously the top guys. And then at this point, you're kind of just, you know, whatever your preference is, is, is how you're ranking the wide receivers, at least looking at... Uh, TDN's rankings, uh, just running through the next, like, for example, their next five wide receivers on their board are Justin Jefferson of LSU, Jalen Rager of TCU, LaVisca Chenault of Colorado, KJ Hamler of Penn State, Denzel Mims of Baylor, and then you get into guys like uh, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Van Jefferson, uh, Brian Edwards, and then uh, so on and so forth. But, um, you know, so there's a bunch... It's it's a lot of different styles, obviously. You know, take a guy like uh, KJ Hamler, for example. You know, 5'9", 178, or 179, 180, around that weight. So, size is obviously a, uh, a deficiency. I don't even know if I should say deficiency, but it's obviously a factor that kind of works against him at the next level. But, he makes up for it with, obviously, a lot of speed. Right, he's he flies on the field, he runs good routes, you know, he catches the ball pretty well. You know, he was he was the playmaker for Penn State, and I would really like to have seen him run the forty yard dash. It was very unfortunate that he had that hamstring injury and could not run the forty uh, in Indianapolis because it would have been fun to watch his forty yard dash 
compared to that of Henry Rux, right? I think those two would have definitely... Look, he thought he was going to run in the 4-2s. A bunch of other people thought he was going to run in the 4-2s. And uh, unfortunately, obviously, he didn't get a chance to do it as pro day because of the coronavirus, which was unfortunate. And now I was kind of thinking of going to Penn State's pro day had it still been going on. But, you know, obviously... Uh, other things happen, like a you know global pandemic. So you know, I can't really stop that. So, um, but I I like KJ Hamler. I'm really intrigued where he lands. So, uh, you know, other guys, Denzel Mims. Look, there's buzz on Denzel Mims as a first round pick. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles seem to be the uh, the biggest connect, at least from what I've been seeing. You know, I could be wrong, but it feels like the Eagles have the biggest connection right now to. Denzel Mims, there's obviously some buzz, at least in uh, draft media, that Justin Jefferson could be the pick there. Uh, the Vikings obviously need a wide receiver. So, you know, a couple of these guys could be gone, but I think, you know, even when we get into day two, if, say, the Panthers want to look at a wide receiver, there's obviously a lot of names on there. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is another guy I'll touch on quick. You know, th- the kid has talent, Peoples Jones has a lot of talent. He just obviously was hampered by some pretty poor quarterback play, right? I mean, I think we're all in agreement that Shea Patterson was not the greatest college quarterback, and he really lagged behind uh, at the Senior Bowl. There was no question he was among the the six quarterbacks. He was uh, no better than fifth, I think. Uh, among the six, I think it was a, a battle, but of who was worse. You know, it was a close competition of who was worse between him and Stephen Montez. But Donovan Peoples-Jones has some talent, and you know, he's a guy that could sneak into the second round. And definitely, I think with better quarterback play, I think that potential is going to start to be tapped. Uh, Van Jefferson, the other guy I'll touch on quick. Look, loved his route running. Got to watch him uh, pretty up close and personal, actually, at the, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, day three, uh, the Senior Bowl had to move practice indoors because of the rain. So we, we got to be on uh, on the practice field of South Alabama, and you know we had to stand around the sidelines. Um, so I, I was there on the one sideline getting a, a pretty close look at the wide receivers. And I tell you what, Van Jefferson's feet, his uh, you know just the way he moves – was so smooth, and uh, I, I know a lot of people shared that that sentiment as well, that he was one of the best route runners uh, in that class or in, in that group of wide receivers in Mobile. And, you know, certainly the team that could be pegged him the most is the New York Jets because his father, Sean, is the wide receivers coach there. So it'll be really interesting if you get into, like, uh, the third round, the fourth round, the Jets haven't taken a wide receiver yet – uh, if they decide to pull the trigger, how much pull is Sean going to have for his son? So I, th- I think that's an interesting thing to watch there. Uh, the the two Texas quarterback, or excuse me, the two Texas wide receivers. I'm intrigued by both. I thought both of them looked really good at the Senior Bowl as well. Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay. Again, a couple other guys that I think you can get in the later rounds. And again, th- these guys aren't falling because they don't have talent. These guys are going to fall on the draft because there's so much talent across the board, right? These teams are going to be like, okay, I can get such and such a player in this round, so I'm going to wait. And more teams, I think, are going to share that feeling. 
and that's what's going to push some of these guys down. That's why you're going to have pretty good wide receivers, guys like uh, Chase Clay, Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman, Quintez Cephas, Tyler Johnson of, of uh, Minnesota, Isaiah Hodgins of Oregon State. These guys are going to fall because of that. Uh, it just, but it just means that teams are going to get really good value. I think. Uh, in in these later rounds, and and again, I think if the Panthers do decide to go for a wide receiver, which I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Look, I'm I'm not saying they shouldn't draft a wide receiver at all. I just don't think they need to take one high. But day three, absolutely, go for it. This free agency period has shown us that the Panthers want speed, they want athleticism, they want talent, they want weapons for their quarterback, in this case, Teddy Bridgewater, and down the line, whoever the quarterback is. But right now, it's about getting weapons for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And that's why I think it's very possible that a wide receiver is going to be on the board. Now, again, the Panthers only have eight picks, so they have to, you know, pretty wise about what they do with these picks. But, you know, the fifth round could be kind of a sweet spot for the wide receiver because they of course have two picks in the fifth round and if they do what I've said I would do and that's trade out of number seven then you're going to pick up extra picks and have a little little bit more ability to get that wide receiver if you want to I've talked a number of times about uh, a couple of teams that I've pegged as possible trade candidates for the Panthers in round one, I'm looking at, you know, the Jets at 11, the Raiders at 12, the Buccaneers at 14, Broncos at 15. Um, you know, even a couple mock drafts that we've talked about from the guys at TDN, the Dolphins at 18 and the Patriots at 21 or 23, excuse me. So there's, there's a lot of potential, I think, for the Panthers to trade down and get some extra picks in this class, and if they do so, that would give them the ability to grab some more of these wide receivers. You know, even continuing down the line, you know, we, we talked about the Rhode Island guy uh, in, I think it was Kyle Krabs' mock draft, Isaiah Coulter. You know, and they, they actually have a couple wide receivers from coming from that school. It's Aaron Parker also uh, from Rhode Island. And you got guys like... Uh, Jawan Jennings of Tennessee, who's intriguing. Joe Reed is a guy we've talked about a couple of times here. Not just a good wide receiver on the field, but a really good kick returner. I mean, Joe Reed, obviously, you know, we, we've touched on his his history as a kick returner for Virginia. One of the best kick returners, not just in the ACC the last couple of years, but in the country. So... You're going to get so much versatility out of a guy like him, probably in the in the sixth or seventh round. You know, Austin Mack uh, out of Ohio State, James Prochet. You know, TDN has him ranked 255 overall. That's that just shows the talent of this of this wide receiver group because I like Prochet. You know, he he catches the ball well. I I thought he looked really good. I you know I, I watched a little bit of SMU film the other day because I was doing a piece on. Reggie Robertson for Pro Football Network, and Reggie Robertson is kind of a star in the making. I think he has the tools to be a really good wide receiver, so I'm excited to see him in action next season, whenever that starts, of course. Uh, but Prochet, of course, was the guy uh, in that SMU offense for the last couple of years, 
and I he I thought he performed pretty well at the Senior Bowl. So he's another guy that I'm I'm really interested where um where he ends up going. So I mean, you know, you, no matter where you look, obviously you're you're talking about just so much depth and so much talent at this class. I mean, there there's going to be some good wide receivers that don't even get drafted. That that's how good this class is. I mean, scrolling down the TDN listing of wide receivers, you know, there's some guys here that were even at the Senior Bowl that they don't even have ranked in the top 255. You know, 255 is an interesting number, of course, because that's how many picks there are in this year's draft. Because remember, there was one pick that was forfeited by the Cardinals because they used it in the supplemental draft. That's why there's 255 this year instead of 256. But you look at the names outside of their their overall 255. Again, these are guys that we saw in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Collegia Lipscomb of Vanderbilt. Uh, Tyree Cleveland of Florida. Jawan Johnson of Oregon. You know, so... There's there's obviously you know some um, some questions about their game, no question. That's why you know they're down so low. But the fact of the matter is, these guys were still good enough to have been looked at by the Senior Bowl to give them an invite to Mobile. So again, it's it's like I said before. There's going to be a lot of talent, not just available at the end of day three in round six and seven, but there's going to be some talent. Once the draft is over and then teams are going to be scrambling to get these guys. So no matter where you look, you're getting talent at that position. And that's why for a team like the Panthers, day three is going to be a good spot to look at one and just, you know, whatever their preference is, whether it's speed, whether it's size, whatever, whatever the case may be, grab one on day three. Like I said, particularly in round five, because you've got two picks there in round five two of the first like what seven picks or whatever uh in round five so that i think could be the sweet spot if the panthers decide to go after a wide receiver so i'm really really going to be interested like like i said this draft is going to be telling uh as you know this team building process continues with the panthers it's going to be telling you know what kind of players uh, that these guys are going to be looking for. So I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited to, to see what uh, what this draft has in store for the Carolina Panthers and you know what kind of players that they come away with. But that's just kind of my uh, quick run through of the uh, the wide receivers. Just some small notes on it. So we've covered quarterbacks. We've covered running backs. We've covered wide receivers. Tomorrow, like I said, we're going to cover tight ends. And then Friday, we'll wrap up the offensive side of the ball with the offensive linemen. So be on the lookout for that. And then, like I said, we're doing defense next week. And then next Thursday, it all kicks off. And I cannot wait. So with that, I think it's time to sign off. Uh, As always, thank you guys for the support. Really appreciate it as always. And, uh, of course, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow the podcast, uh, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, The Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is still going on this week. Uh, So go go and continue to check that out. We we ran through, of course, the entire first round, as well as uh, allowing teams that do not have a first-round pick 
uh, to make picks as well, kind of as a best case scenario type deal. So if you're out there, uh, you know, you're following or you're interested in what the Rams could do or the Bills or the Texans, whatever the case, uh, they're getting involved in this as well. You know, so it's a way, obviously, so that all 32 of us hosts with our teams can get involved. And as always, it was a, a great time to be involved. So stay safe, take care of yourselves and each other, as Jerry Springer used to always say at the end of his show. I'm out of here. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends.